guys can have a seat. I am someone who loves names. I think names are, are massively significant. Before my wife and I ever got engaged, we already had a list of baby names. Uh, we had already hashed it out, and we actually even ended up keeping a few of them by the time years later when we ended up getting pregnant. But, but names matter. Anytime we have a ministry in the church uh, that we're birthing, we put a lot of thought into what are we going to name this thing. Uh, you guys probably have a great value on your name. I remember when I was in school, I was blessed to be one of those people that most people hate, then that school came easy for me. And because school came easy for me, I didn't really have to try uh, and didn't really have to pay attention, which is completely unfair, and I'm sorry to everyone else. Uh, but one of the bad habits I developed because of that is I would fall asleep in school, sometimes on purpose. Uh, and the only thing that a teacher could do, the best weapon a teacher had if I was to fall asleep was to say my name loudly in front of the class, right? Because there's something that happens when you hear your name, it grabs your attention, right, Aaron? Yeah, right? There's just, we, we, we all are do, tuned in, we are dialed in to our name. There is something innate, whether you love your name or you wish your parents had selected a different name, whether you're thrilled with your name or you picked a nickname, you decided, you know what, the name I was given, I'm not going with that, I'm going to be this over here. Whatever that identity is, that thing that you choose to be known by, has intricate value to you. And yet, we don't have the name that's above every name, right? Isaiah 26.8 says, yes, Lord, uh, walking in the ways of your truth, we wait eagerly for you, for your name and your renown are the desire of our souls. His name and his renown, what is renown? Renown is fame that never ends. See, there is one name that will last forever. See, a day will come when I will die, I will leave this earth, and my name will be insignificant. Not that it's super significant now, but it's got some significance to some people. But a day will come where my name is meaningless. A day will come no matter whether someone is a president or a celebrity, an athlete, a billionaire, where they will die and their name will lose significance. A few people are, are fortunate enough that their name will last a few generations beyond them. A very, very select few, their name lasts for hundreds of years. But the reality is every name under heaven will eventually fade. But there is one name that will never fade. And that name is so significant, it is so valuable, that when God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt, when he brought them to Mount Sinai and said, I'm going to give you my 10 greatest expectations for you, the things I'm asking of my people who are going to wear my name, he actually included a commandment about his name. This is how I want you to treat the name that you're going to wear. And so he says, thou shalt not misuse my name, right? Thou shalt not treat it insignificantly. We'll actually read it in Exodus 20, verse 7. We'll read it first in the NIV, which is what we normally use here. And it says this, it says, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Go ahead and keep that slide up there. Do you guys see how the word Lord is capitalized in both of those instances? You probably know this, but perhaps you don't. In the Bible, when the word Lord is capitalized, all four letters capitalized, not just the L, that is an instance where they are using God's personal name. Uh, in the Old Testament, it's Yahweh. 
in Hebrew. And so that is a, a reference where it says Yahweh, where the Lord your God, Yahweh Elohim, Yahweh Elohim, the Lord your God, is what is being said here in Exodus 20, verse 7. He says, don't misuse the name of Yahweh Elohim. And so the, the Old Testament places this great value here in English. In fact, we place such value on the name of God that we don't even translate it. We just translate it as Lord. We don't even try to put it in there as a personal name. It doesn't say, I am your God. It doesn't say, Yahweh, your God. It just says the Lord because we treat his name with such great significance and value. We want to be careful not to misuse it. So there's this reverence placed in scripture on God's name. In Exodus 27, it puts it this way. It says, you shall not take, everybody say take. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The word misuse in the NIV and take in the ESV is the Hebrew word for nasa. It looks like nasa, but it's not. It's nasa, and it has this little accent mark at the end of it. Uh, and the Hebrew word nasa appears 654 times in the Bible. Now, it is translated a bunch of different ways. It, it carries with it uh, a meaning that can apply to a lot of different English words. So 219 times in the Old Testament it is translated to, to do something up, to lift up, to bear up, to take up. You insert verb here uh, to, to carry up something up. It, it is translated to bear specifically 115 times, to take specifically 58 times. And so when the NIV translates it as misuse, it is taking what is kind of the traditional understanding of the word and applying that understanding, but it's not actually a literal translation of the Hebrew word, if that makes sense. The literal translation would be to, I think the best here is to take or or to carry. Do not take his name in vain. Do not carry his name as vain. Do not use, obviously, as the implication, his name in vain. God places amazing value on his name. In fact, many times in scripture, we see God reference what he's doing for his name's sake. Let me give you a couple examples. Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 9, referencing back to Exodus, back to this season, God says this. He says, but for the sake of my name, I brought them out of Egypt. I rescued them from slavery. Why? For my name's sake. He says, I did it to keep my name from being profaned in the eyes of the nations among whom they lived and in whose sight I had revealed myself to the Israelites. So God says, one of my key motivations in rescuing my people is my name. It's my reputation. And then he uses this word that it would not be profaned. Some of us have... Uh, some confusion when it comes to like words we shouldn't use, right? Curse words, cuss words, whatever you want to use that for. Well, profanity is any time when we misuse something that is holy and we use it in an unholy way. So God says, I'm not going to let my name be profaned. I'm not going to let that which is sacred, that which is uncommon, be used in a way which is common. That's profanity. Now, obscenity is when we would say something that's vulgar, something that's gross, something that's inappropriate. Uh, That would be obscene. So this specific command does not apply to obscenity. There are other scriptures that talk about why we shouldn't use obscenity. Uh, But this specific command is talking about profanity. How do we use the name of God? How do we use the name that is holy in unholy 
ways. He says, so I'm going to do all this, or I did all this for the sake of my name. Another place in scripture where it references the sake of his name you might be more familiar with, Psalm 23, famous, famous Psalm. In verse 3, he says, he guides me along the right paths or the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. That when we walk in righteousness, when we follow God's lead, there's actually a benefit to the name of God. That his name is blessed, it is honored, it is magnified when we live the righteous life that he's called us and created us to live. And so we see that God's name has great significance to him. In fact, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God takes his name seriously, so we should take his name seriously, right? If, if we want to honor him, if we want to glorify him, then the things that matter to him should matter to us. We used to sing a couple different songs, actually, that contained a, a similar statement to this, but something along the lines of, break my heart for what breaks yours. I think that's a great prayer. I think my heart should break for the things that break God's heart. But here we're seeing we're going to place value on the things that God's heart places great value on. And one of them is his name. It says, you should not take or misuse my name in vain. Uh, the word that is translated for, into vain in the King James is shav, uh, which means lying, deceitful, or meaningless. And I think that's the best translation, best understanding, is that when we misuse God's name is when we're using it in a way that assigns it little meaning. We're taking that what has infinite meaning, incredible meaning, maximum meaning, and using it in a way where it has very little or no meaning at all. So how do we do this in our culture, right? Well, the obvious ones are like we use things like GD, right? Something bad happens, and we blurt out something GD. And I'm somebody who was raised that you don't say that. It doesn't come through your mouth. It's not something that I think that I've ever said in my life. Uh, however, I have absolutely been guilty of laughing when other people said it. Uh, somebody used it in, in a joke, in a movie, in a whatever way, and I have laughed when God's name was profaned. Right? What is that doing? When we say GD, we are taking the name that is the greatest blessing there ever was and we're using it as a curse. What a tragic misuse of his name. We also may say things like JC. In the similar way, as an expression, we would blurt those out. Who is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the one who became a curse for me. He took my sin to the cross. He became a curse for me, and I'm going to treat his name as a curse. You know who treats Jesus' name as a curse? The enemy treats Jesus' name as a curse. And when I use his name and I blurt it out in such a way, I am agreeing with his enemy. I'm treating him as a curse. That's a, that's a scary thing. Now, again, God's not up there with lightning bolts. He's not going to strike you dead because you said GD or because you said JC. But he tells us very clearly, here's my expectation for my people. Don't misuse my name. By the way, this is for God's people, so I don't think we need to be necessarily the profanity police. I don't think we have to run around and every time somebody says God's name improperly, uh, we don't have to be the one to step up and like fight for God's reputation. However, if it's somebody who calls himself a Christian, then absolutely we need to be empowered to hold them accountable. That this is improper for God's people. This is not the way that we use the name that is above all names. Uh, and so we, we've got to be very cautious with those. Sometimes people would use God's name just as, a, as an explanation, right? We might just say, oh, God, 
right? And, and what is that? That's using God's name when we're not actually talking to him or talking about him. We, we would use it as an expression. Now, my mom is someone who's been a Christian her whole life. She's got a great intimacy with God from, from my observation. She's got a closeness with God's spirit. And she'll freak you out a little bit if you spend some time with mom. Hi, mom. I know you're watching. Uh, but if you, if, you, if you spend some time with my mom, at some point something will happen that will scare her. And when my mom gets scared, she will yell Jesus. And when my mom yells Jesus, she is not using Jesus as a throwaway expression. She is calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, she is asking Jesus. Jesus to be right there. If she thinks the car is about to wreck when you're driving, which, yes, my mom helped teach me how to drive, and that was rough on both of us. I'm sorry, mom. Uh, I was a terrible driver, and she did not help with her panickiness, uh, right? Many times when I was driving on my permit and my mom was there, she might yell, Jesus, and she was not cussing. She was asking God to save her life in that moment. And I'm not exaggerating. I know my mom well enough to know the, the intention of her heart. And usually what would follow after she yelled Jesus, then she'd start speaking in tongues or something. Uh, she's going before the Lord for our protection, calling down angels to spare us from whatever infinite harm she thinks is, is coming against us. See, context matters. He's not saying not to use his name. He's saying not to misuse his name. And the way that we are using it is what is important because it is such an incredibly beautiful name. Let's do a little thought experiment. Let's imagine if people started using your name the ways that we use God's name. Somebody's driving down Goodman Road and somebody cuts them off and they just yell out, Oh, Misty, right? Uh, you're, you're in line and somebody does something annoying. Somebody gets out the checkbook and takes 10 minutes to pay in front of you and you yell out, Dwindle Nelms, right? Uh, imagine if people use your name the way that we use God's name. Would you appreciate that? Probably not. If we use your name as a curse, as a cuss word, as an expression of frustration, every time something bad happens, Mark Mincy, right? Like that is not something most of us would appreciate, and yet our name is not the name that matters. But we use the most important name in those ways. It's a dangerous thing. It's something we have to be aware of. I referenced this earlier, but I want you to see it in scripture. Philippians 2.9 says this about Jesus. It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. It goes on to say in verse 10 that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow on heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the honor of God the Father. That's the name that has amazing value. So what I want to do today uh, is, is share with you three applications of the third commandment. How do we use this command? But before I do, I want to show you how the Israelites used it. Because I think it's always informative to see how were the, was it immediately applied. How did something uh, that God says to do, how did the first people who heard it apply it? Well, here's how the Israelites applied it. The Israelites applied the third commandment by never using God's name at all. They took the name Yahweh and basically banned it. We are going to be so cautious and so careful with the name of God that it will never come off of our lips. So what we have is what's called the Tetragamnon, or there's a few different ways that it's spelled, but the Tetragamnon is the four letters that spell the name of God, God's personal name. In Hebrew, there are no vowels. 
All they have is consonants. Uh, and so the name of God is written in four letters. And the reason why, you may be familiar with this or not, but one of the big debates is what does the word actually say? Uh, because some scholars have interpreted it Jehovah, and some scholars have interpreted it Yahweh. Uh, and the reason why there can be such a debate is because nobody used the word for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So the pronunciation died out. The Israelites said the third command is so sacred and so valuable, we're not even going to speak his name. They would write it, but they would not let it come out of their mouths. That's how sacred they saw his name. Now, I don't think that's the proper application. I don't think God was saying, don't use my name. I think he was saying, don't misuse my name. Uh, And so I am not calling you to quit using the name of God this morning. What I'm calling us to do as his people is to use his name well, is to wield it correctly and properly. So here's three applications for us of the third commandment. There are probably others, but we will use, dig into these three. Number one, don't use God's name when you're not talking to him or about him. It's pretty basic because you're raising your kids, you're teaching your kids, and they come home and they start saying things like, oh, my God. It's like, you know what? Are you talking to God? Well, no. Uh, Are you talking about God? Not really. Okay, then that's probably not a good way for us to use his name because his name is valuable. Because he is valuable, so we're not going to say that. And that may seem so nitpicky and so ticky-tack. Again, I'm not saying you're going to get zapped and sent to hell because you said, oh, my God, or because you typed out OMG, right? That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that as God's people, we should place great value on his name. And if we've given ourselves to habits like that, and it might not be something we can just snap our fingers and stop doing, we might have to go through a process of separating that. Like the tongue can be difficult to control. I understand that. Start the process. If you're using his name in a way where you're not talking to God and you're not telling somebody about God, that's not a good way to use his name. It's unhealthy. It is treating that which is incredibly uncommon as something that is common. We've got to be aware of that. Don't use his name when you're not talking to him, not talking about him. This gets to a concept That if we're not careful, our generation is not good at, and specifically our style of church is not good at. And that concept is the concept of reverence. You see, the danger in a church like us, where I don't have to wear a suit and tie on Sunday morning, praise God, uh, where we don't have to sing every song out of a hymn book. I love the style of worship that we have, right? The kind of church that, that, that we have, if we're not careful, we can communicate that God is not significant. And that's the danger. Every style has its strengths and weaknesses. That's the weakness of our style of church. See, if you've got to dress up and put on a suit and tie and you've got to speak in old English and you've got to carry your King James Bible and sing everything out of a hymn book, that there, there's a reverence that comes with that, that this thing I'm doing is not normal and is not common. And there's value in that. And I think there's things that can be misconstrued, and, and there's value in the way we do things. I'm not campaigning. We're not, like, changing our style. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not wearing a certain suit and tie next week. Just be ready. Just, Christian will be here in his, and Christian's awesome, and he does his thing, uh, but I will not be. <laughs> so what I'm saying is this. If we're not careful, we can misrepresent who he is and communicate that, hey, he's not really that significant. See, we, we have words like, Abba, Father, we say, hey, man, that means Daddy God, right? And it does. It communicates a great intimacy with God. 
But then if we're not careful, we get to things that happen, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, there was this trend, some of you might remember, where there's t-shirts, everybody in Hollywood had one that said, Jesus is my homeboy, right? And, and the reality is, Jesus, he ain't your homeboy. Is he your friend? Absolutely. Is he the best friend you're ever going to have? Yes. But he's so much more than that. And if we're not careful, we lower him to something less than he is. We've got to make sure we place incredible reverence on him, on his name, on his reputation. He is valuable. And so when we misuse his name, when we use his name as a cuss word, when we use his name as an exclamation, and we're not actually talking to him, and we're not actually talking about him, it just kind of comes out of our mouth, we're lowering the value, we're degrading his name. And as God's people, that's something we should desire to never let happen. So that's one way that that we've got to be careful. The second way is this. Don't misuse the God card. Don't misuse the God card. Uh, This is one that I got familiar with really early in youth ministry because this would seem, same scenario played out many times, usually guy to girl, but sometimes girl to guy. See, we always discouraged uh, in youth ministry our teenagers from getting in dating relationships. They're better off not going through all that heartbreak and frustration and temptation at their age, but many of them did not listen to us, right? Uh, Despite the discouragement, they oftentimes got in relationships. And so eventually, the same thing that happens with most teenage relationships, they break up. Right, uh, and yet this is what happens in youth group relationships. You don't just break up, but you break up with the God card. God told me I need to break up with you. Right? God told me we don't need to be together anymore, uh, and that can actually be true. I'm not saying God has never told somebody to break up with someone. I know He has. Not your spouse. That's a dating relationship. Never told somebody. Uh, rarely. Uh, anyway, we won't even get into all that. We've talked about divorce and remarriage and all those details. Uh, but it would become really easy, especially for guys, to break up. God says we don't need to be, or, or to say this, God told me I just don't need to be in a relationship right now. I just need to focus on my relationship with God. And that sounds awesome. That is spiritual and beautiful and might even bring a tear to your eye. Except nine times out of ten, that same guy was dating another girl next week. Right? Uh, And so what happened? Instead of just manning up and saying, look, I don't think we need to be together anymore, or I'm not really into you like that, uh, or I think we need to take some space, instead of that, that young man would take the coward's way out and blame his decision on God. And that is absolutely taking the name of the Lord our God in vain. And we do this not just in teenage dating relationships, but we blame God for a lot of things. Well, I just feel like God's telling me I need to step away from this. I feel like God's doing this. And if, don't get me wrong, God speaks. And I'm not telling you to never say God's telling you to do something because God tells us to do things. And if it's actually God, then yes, hey, I really believe this is God. But don't blame God because of something you want to get out of. Why do we do that? We do it either because we're afraid of just owning, hey, I don't want to do this, or because we want to look super spiritual to somebody. Either way, it's misusing God's name. Be very cautious of that in the way that we play the God card. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention under the first point about not using God's name when we're not actually talking to him or about him is ritualistic prayer. If we pray and we don't actually put any heart or thought into it, if like we're praying over our food, right? I'm not telling you not to pray over your food. Pray over your food. I think it's a great thing. But sometimes I'll find myself and I'm praying over my food and I have completely disconnected from my brain. God, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name, amen, right? Like, and I have put no thought into it. 
Is there any power in that prayer? No. What am I doing? I'm, I'm just using his name commonly. Uh, and so don't get into ritualistic things. Like, yes, pray over your food. God, thank you for this. You have blessed me to be able to eat. God, I appreciate this so much. So it's not using God's name when there's no meaning behind it. Because God's name always has massive, massive meaning. All right, the third way that we're going to apply this. This is the one that I didn't see until this week when I was studying for this. I never saw this in this passage. But don't wear his name flippantly. You see, it says in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, it says, don't take the name of your Lord, your God, in vain. And here's what happens a lot of times, especially in America, is we take God's name, we wear the name Christian, but it has no value to us. We just call ourselves a Christian because that's how we were raised. We call ourselves a Christian because that's what everybody else is. We call ourselves a Christian because maybe we prayed a prayer at some point in time in our life. But we don't call ourselves a Christian because we actually want to be like Jesus. We don't call ourselves a Christian because we're actually desiring to be a representative of Him. You know what a Christian is? A Christian is a little Christ. It's a representative of Jesus in the world. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't call yourself a Christian because you got some sin in your life or because you mess up. All of us do. But I'm talking about that heart's desire. Do you want to be like him? Do you want to be a reflection of him? Do you want to grow and be a little more like Jesus today than you were yesterday? If so, then praise God. But if you just want to go through the motions, if you just want to call yourself a Christian because that's what's socially acceptable or that's what your family expects of you or that's what your spouse wants to hear or whatever the case may be, what are you doing? You are taking the name of the Lord your God in vain. You are wearing his name and taking his name when it actually has no value to you. That's an incredibly, incredibly dangerous place to be. That's something that should, 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 should bother any of us. If we are truly saved, if we've truly received God's Holy Spirit as a mark of our salvation, there should be something inside of us that says, I want to be more like Jesus today. I want to look more like Jesus. I want to grow in my faith. I want to develop in this. And it doesn't mean we don't miss it, because trust me, I miss it all the time. But I want to be more like Jesus. I want to look more like the Son of God. I want less of me in my life and more of him in my life. And if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you wear his name, that should be your heart's desire. I'm not saying we don't go through seasons where, man, we're, we're not as engaged as other seasons. I've had those seasons. But I'm saying in your heart, there should be a desire to look like him. Don't wear his name flippantly. 2 Chronicles 7.14, we referenced it earlier when we were praying for our country, but it says this, it says, If my people who are called by my name. In the Old Testament, they were called by his name. They were God's chosen people. They were called by his name. God places an incredible significance on those who are called by his name. But we're not in the Old Testament anymore, right? We're in the New Testament. So we're now called by the name of Jesus. We are given his name and we wear his name. We take it. When you receive Christ, you take his name. You receive that name. Remember that word to, to take means is nasah. It means to take up, to lift up. Do not take up the name of the Lord your God in vain. Does it mean something to you to be a Christian? 
Does it mean something to you to represent him? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to run people off. I'm not trying to scare people away from Christianity. I'm not saying because you've got sin in your life that you don't measure up and you're not good enough because none of us are good enough. That's the gospel. The gospel is Jesus is the only one who's good enough, and so he died in my place. So please don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this. The first commandment, the greatest commandment, that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And that means loving his name. That means having a value on wearing his name, that he would adopt me in. And what happens when you adopt a kid? That kid takes your name, right? They become part of your family. Well, we've been adopted. And as we've been adopted, we've become part of his family and we've taken his name. And that should matter to us. We should desire to place a great value on that. We should desire to, to honor that name. Reality is none of us are ever going to be worthy of it. So I'm not telling you that if you haven't gotten it all right that you're unworthy. I'm unworthy. We're all unworthy. But he says, don't misuse it. Don't take it lightly. Don't take my name and think that it it shouldn't affect the way that you live. Don't take my name and think that you can just go out and do whatever you want because you're representing me. Because when people look at you, they see me. Because my name is on you. What an honor that the creator of the universe would want to mark me with his name. What an honor that the savior of the world, the only perfect, righteous, holy, pure person who ever lived, who came for 33 years and laid down his life, what an honor that he would want me to be known as according to him. What a beautiful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my king and I miss it and I get it wrong but man I want his name to be magnified man I want his name to be glorified I want my life to reflect who he is and if you're a believer there should be something inside of you that says me too yes that's me yes I want to look like him yes I want to become more like him so how do we apply the third commandment We're not going to use his name when we're not talking to him and we're not talking about him because that's misusing it. We're not going to play the God card when we just want to not take the heat for a decision that we make or we want to look real spiritual to other people. We're not just going to throw the God card out there unless we really truly believe God is leading me to this. This is the God moment. We're not going to wear his name with no value on it. If we're going to wear his name, we're going to wear it proudly. We're going to wear it with humility and we're going to wear it with a commitment that Jesus Christ, I am choosing to take up my cross and follow you. I want to be more and more like you every day. And I know there's going to be steps where I step off the path and there's going to be moments where I miss it. But when that happens, I'm getting back up and I'm recentering on where you're leading me and I'm coming after you because your name is of infinite worth because your renown is the desire of my soul, because I see you for who you truly are. And you're worth it. We're going to walk in reverence of the one who chose to save us, who chose to die for us. Amen.